what can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender license in all 50 states and MLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. A guy, I think like 10 years ago, messaged me and was like, hey, dork, like we should get dinner. And I was like, ew, like <laughs> doesn't, I'm not answering you. Like, I don't I don't need that. Yeah. Welcome to season two. I always like edit the first minute out because yeah. I'm like so awkward. There's like no natural way. Yeah, okay. Welcome this is the intro, intro. to season two. Yeah, this is us introducing season two of Persian Girl Podcast. And we're here today with Nicole of Chaya. Hi. We're really excited. This is the first interview of the season and we like, we basically have the best person to start it off oh, with. Thank you. So we're so excited. Yeah, I'm very I'm so excited. happy to be here. Same here. Um, I feel like most of our LA listeners know who we're talking about. Um, but in New York people, if you don't know, like get to know her. <laughs> You're missing out. Thank you. Um, yeah, I can say a little bit about myself. Yeah. Yeah. So my name is Nicole Nalparvar and I am the co founder and executive director of Chaya Community which is a nonprofit organization in LA that focuses on creating sacred spaces for Jewish Iranians to have meaningful connections and deepen their sense of self. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and how did you start? Like when did Chaya start? When did you like? Yeah. So um, I was actually, I can tell you a little bit about my story. I was actually living in New York seven, eight years ago and I moved to New York because I was just ready to run away from LA and the Persian Jewish community and all the judgment and stereotypes and all that stuff. And when it was time for me to move back to LA after my time in New York, I was so scared to move back because I was like, I'm a this different person. I'm sassy. I have opinions. I'm like <laughs> independent. Like what the hell are people going to think about me? You know? And so I was like, okay, it's time I need to create a organization or a space or a community like I need to have a different relationship with my community so myself and um, our two other co-founders Farah Shemulian and Dorsa Baruchim K got together and we all sort of had this vision and we decided that we at first just wanted it to be for women so we were just getting women together and talking about things that aren't being talked about in the Jewish running community whether it's sex or leadership or fertility or um, you know, gender roles or just all mm -hmm. these different topics, depression, mental health, um, and doing just like experiential activities and these really beautiful conversations and like just facilitating more meaningful, deep, positive, productive conversations in our community. And then all the guys were like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I want to be a part <laughs> of this. <laughs> so let us in. Yeah. So we started Dinner with Strangers, which is basically now happening twice a month in LA where we hand select five guys and five girls. Millie, you came to one of them. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I still tell everyone about it. I want to yeah. go to another one. We need to bring it to New York. That's I would love that. That would be really cool. And so, yeah, with these, with guys, we sit down and we start having these conversations as 
as well in someone's home. So it's always like a Persian Jewish host opens their home and they either cook for us or they bring in food and we basically get together for a few hours and the conversation is all sort of facilitated by myself. And we talk about all different kinds of things, whether it's like tarof, again, gender roles, sex, um, you know, career, dating in the community, all these different like areas in the community that we're all kind of feeling weird stereotypes or feelings about, but nobody's talking about it, right? We go to parties and it's like kind of on the surface conversation because nobody is feeling safe enough to go deeper and we wanted to create a very safe space for people to come and talk and connect, you know? No, it's it was really liberating. Like as this is how I view it, it's like our podcast IRL. Sometimes yeah. like when me and Natalie talk to each other on the podcast, it's like, are we insane? Like, is this just in our heads? You know also, I mean? we never know how people are reacting to yeah. us because they're reacting alone, either on their commute or in their beds or wherever they're listening to us. We don't actually get to hear the reactions and get to speak with them and communicate with them. But like, yeah, you're doing it in a way where you get to actually talk to the person directly, which I yeah. think is. Very and I think and like that's cool. that's kind of that's really important to actually make change like I love how you're saying that you saw you didn't really fit like you couldn't find a way for yourself to fit in the community anymore you didn't see a place for you so you made one for yourself and like you actually you took action yeah um, because I feel like especially in the community a lot of girls are telling me they can't even talk about these things with their own friends totally because you know, girls in the community tend to be so judgmental Meanwhile, they're feeling and thinking the same thing, but they feel Mm -hmm. like on the surface, they need to act judgmental. Right. So like, I just think it's so amazing that you give people an open space. Very virginal or very like, you know what I mean? Very much like the prescription or the role of what our community tells us to be. So it's nice to be able to go into a room and let people know like, this is a safe space and what is talked about here stays here and like, let's be real. And people every single time are like shocked by how real everybody at the table gets, you Mm -hmm. know? I was shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because like, like everyone just looks so normal. I don't know how to explain (laughs) it. And I was like, when I first got there, I was like, okay, like, (laughs) I was like, I feel like we're just going to brush over everything. But like, Mm. it was, it was, yeah, like liberating for everyone to be so vulnerable and open. Yeah. But what I something that I want to continue from what we did last season and like make it more explicit this season and this is something that Chaya focuses on as well is like what traditions do we love about the Persian community what we want to keep Mm -hmm. and like what are some ones that that are outdated that we don't want to keep anymore so I wanted all of us like go around and kind of vent (laughs) I I love Millie's vocal fry I'm just like listening to her right now like Millie and I haven't recorded together in a while you like, like listening to you you're like and i just want to like vent stop and blushing <laughs> but so natalie why don't we start with you something that's like part of the community that i'd like to keep in my own home one day when i have my own kids and something that i would like to not keep um i definitely think a sense of like family like the importance of family in general and the Mm -hmm. importance of making an effort to be there for family is very important because like let's say for example in my family some of my friends don't always understand where I'm coming from but if I have a family member flying into New York from anywhere I'm always picking them up like they're not taking Mm -hmm. a taxi or if it's like a family holiday like I need to be there for the holiday or like Shabbat I try to be there as much as possible yeah um 
and not everyone values that as much not everyone understands why that's so important but that's something that i'd like to keep in my household Mm -hmm. and make sure that like my future household like understands like that's very important um so like showing up and these like really nice acts of service yeah love language yeah i'm just gonna answer that (laughs) (laughs) no that was one of my top love languages like just actually being their quality time Mm -hmm. and acts of service those Mm -hmm. are my first two i I still need to read that book and take that test i didn't read the book just took the test most people i know only took the test but i i I would like to read the book and really try to understand what my love languages are because i have no idea (laughs) i think what did i tell someone once like my love language is like being ignored and not (laughs) like there was a meme it was like if i find out you like me you become five times hotter but if i find out you don't like me you become 10 times hotter (laughs) oh my god that's literally me your love language is neglect exactly (laughs) (laughs) like treat me like i don't exist and i'll fall for you (laughs) it's funny because before um nicole was asking me if i date and i responded not currently and i'm like wait not ever (laughs) what do i mean not currently (laughs) like how long have i been single 24 years (laughs) oh my god um yeah but back back to the topic um i'm like sitting here like laughing and crying at the same time um back to the topic so yeah that's something that's very important for me because i think especially um with my mom's side of the family her and her siblings are just always there for each other whether it's my uncles that are very much like entrepreneurs and my mom would always invest in their new businesses and then if we needed something they always helped us like when i at one point in my life i like totaled my car my uncle gave me one of his cars like it's just this sense of like family is always there for family Mm -hmm. which not every family member i have is like that but i think the ones i do have that are like that are so amazing and i like to raise my kids to be like that for their own siblings and for me and for their cousins and whatnot um is there any part of that that you don't want any part of that overarching tradition that you want to keep that you don't want because it's such a big one right i think even for some people it's like they live at home until they're married because they don't want because like family is so important so no i think that's almost like a my big fat greek wedding type of overpowering and controlling your children mm-hmm. i think there has to be like boundaries in regards to that um i do think it's nice to have that safety net in life and feel like you're never just going to end up homeless Mm. because you're always going to have someone to fall back on. But I wouldn't do it to the point where I'm trying to manipulate and control my children's lives. There's like family togetherness and support and And then there's there's smothering. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's like control and manipulation. You need to let, like you support in order to let someone grow. You don't support and like... To keep them around at all times. I think that's also an issue though with um, obviously not bashing anyone who chooses to be a mom as opposed to having a career but a lot of um moms who are just stay-at-home moms they lose their sense of self at times and when their kids don't need them anymore and their when their kids grow up they start to have kind of a crisis an internal crisis and i think that's where the smothering and the control comes from that they mm-hmm. like they still they need their kids in their life and they want their kids to need them mm-hmm. because they made their entire lives about their kids and then they have to think to themselves once their kids don't need them anymore it's like who am i what do i do with my everyday life like what is my purpose now right um so i never want to be that mom that doesn't have her own purpose and then her kids end up like resenting her because she's like no you have to live with me forever like don't leave me that's definitely something i'm not gonna carry on into the next generation especially 
because I never felt that in my own household. There was a very yeah. good balance in regards to the smothering. Yeah. It was a balanced smother. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Only the good smothering. <laughs> no, my mom was always very much like, from the age of 16, I started going to Israel by myself and vacationing by myself. Mm-hmm. And like, when I was 13, my mom sent me to LA by myself. She wanted me to like grow and learn how to be on my own and not always be with her and not mm-hmm. always depend on her. So there, there was a very much a balance in regards to that. Um, but something I would like to not carry on into the next generation is, um, the difference between like sons and daughters that I see in a lot of families. Um, my mom had one cousin that obviously I'm not going to name any names or anything. (laughs) Um, but basically when it came to her daughter, her daughter would run all the errands for the entire household. Mm -hmm. But when it came to her three sons at dinner time she would serve them their food and cut it for them and they would just sit there and watch and then like when she was done cutting it for them they would start to eat and it was just like this huge difference that you're making like that's an extreme example obviously most families aren't like that but just this huge difference between you make like between your sons and daughters it almost shows your daughter that she has less value and like how do you expect her to go out into the world and value Mm. herself if in her own household she has less value than her brother's so that's definitely something I won't carry on into no, the next generation. I see it a little differently. I see it as like, I think the women are, I, I'm a therapist as well. So I have a lot of like Jewish Iranian clients come in who mm-hmm. are kind of dealing with this stuff. And with women, I usually see that like emotionally they're caring a lot for the family and like they're doing a lot of these like acts of service, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. like going and like setting up the table for dinner when like you know, the girl's supposed to be in the kitchen, not the guy. It's like very much that stuff. Or if there's like issues between the parents, the daughter is the one that gets like triangulated into all the issues and like has to hear about it. But with the men, what I see is more of like this financial, like taking care of the family or like making sure that they're involved in that way. Like they need to make sure that their parents are financially okay and like covered and all of that. So I do see that. I or see like, a lot of guys feel like they don't have a choice and that they have to join the family business. Yeah. And that they have to like carry on what their father started. Meanwhile, yeah. the girls have more of a choice of what they want to do. Yeah. I see that as well. Yeah. Millie, but you I look think, confused. No, no, I'm not confused. I'm like, I'm thinking because that's a really good point. But I think that those roles only exist because we're conditioned at a young age to do certain things 100%. in the household. So maybe he has the room to focus just totally on his career and making Mm -hmm. money because like he literally like doesn't have any worries besides that like he can he actually just has like an empty mind like he can just go to work and be like this is what I need to do but like I hate to generalize but like in general Mm -hmm. women think more they have like we just have a million thoughts always going at once so like not only (laughs) do we have that just like a stress that like foundational stress we have I think like kind of more baggage coming from home sometimes just like from these little small things from our childhood and um can I just quickly go into a tradition that I want to let go of now because it's gonna (laughs) directly come off what I'm saying now is that we have so much pressure growing up like we don't even realize but like every year we're you know allegedly losing our value right because there's still this like youth cult fetish in the Persian community where we based the value like we we define the value of women based on their age 
like at a certain point it starts to like decline or like at a certain age you are viewed as a different person and you're supposed to be doing different things and I just I I just don't really see that as a relevant thing to do anymore like it sh it shouldn't still be a thing um there's also like this thing that we do where like we judge I read this article in Man Repeller about at what age are my achievements not success like are not impressive anymore sorry mm -hmm. so like it's like similar in the Persian community where it's like oh how for her age like she's done this much like we kind of we define the value based on age a lot of the time so I just mm -hmm. like I think we should just get rid of that or if like we want to continue doing that then like let's do it with men as well and see how they feel about it yeah, I definitely feel like any not any weddings I go to where the girls <laughs> pass a certain age, it's like not even that exciting anymore. It's almost like just like a yeah. It's not as big of an event. It's not as crazy. It's like I don't know. If it has a different feeling to it. I don't know if you guys notice it, mm -hmm. but when it's like a little baby girl getting married, everyone's like, -la 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 -la, like yeah, going crazy. Like, wow. but like like oh, you're past twenty eight. Like look at her. What mm -hmm. an accomplishment. She got married. <laughs> like that's, that's the ultimate accomplishment right like we still see that it's like oh well, like yeah that's good you have a career but like the ultimate goal are you mad is like young be young be married have babies but i think one tradition i would like to keep is just like the way in which we're generous i think more so than other cultures we're like very generous as you your friend was saying before we started recording that like this is just a really good example that when he was younger he went to the movies or something with his friends who weren't Persian and like he just didn't have money and they didn't immediately say like oh well we got you which is like do you know what I mean if Persians like they're immediately generous and they're they're always even if it's like you're saying like oh in family this is a thing but I think we're even kind to strangers a lot of the time and that's like that's something that I want to continue yeah, I love that. It's just like a generosity, consideration yeah, for others. Exactly. Like so thoughtfulness. That, yeah. that reminds me of something else I don't want to continue is this whole <laughs> idea idea of not just tarof, but also gratefulness. I don't know if I said this on a past episode or not, but like I feel like if I go to someone's house and I don't say thank you 12 times for the <laughs> glass of water that my friend's mom gave me. That I'll never be let back into the house again, and they will talk so much shit about me behind my back, like, eh, poor like, didn't, say, <laughs> didn't yeah. say thank you 12 times. I just feel like that's not something I ever want someone to expect and to have to do in my household. Um, Ugh, I kind of am like that, though. Because you see, it's something that was passed down. It's something that was, like, it's instilled like in your head, reflex. and it's hard to get rid of. Yeah. yeah. But generally, I don't like it, and I don't like having to feel like I need to do it. Yeah. Um... For example, my mom's brother, like my, my mom's siblings all grew up in Israel, but their background is Persian mm -hmm. and they know like typical Persian mentality. And they know that when you go to someone's house, you don't just open the fridge and take whatever you mm -hmm. want. You don't just heat up food. You don't just take a towel and do whatever. But when I go to my uncle's house in Israel, he's like, Natalie, this house is your house. You want to eat something and I'm not eating at the moment. Go take it yourself. Don't ask me. Mm -hmm. You want a towel? Go take a towel. You want this? Go take that. It's your like, and I honestly like when it comes to close family, like I like that. But I even see it in my mom sometimes. Um, that like sometimes she'll also have like that Persian mentality of like oh poor Rue because someone did something a little bit different. 
and i think more people just need to understand that like other cultures don't get persian culture and they don't get this whole idea of politeness and like if i want to take a few extra grapes i need to like ask first <laughs> and i don't know there's just like a lot of stepping on eggshells that makes it hard for me to feel comfortable yeah it's exhausting like in front of my own family it is very exhausting because i'm always worried i'm such an oblivious person and it's really a bad thing like i need to be more of like aware of my surroundings in general not just in the persian community mm-hmm. but i tend to be very much in la la land and my, <laughs> my head is in the clouds and millie's laughing because she agrees because she knows me and she's close to me and all my friends agree like i don't like if you someone's being fake be nice master. and they're actually being bitchy i think that they're just being nice because i'm so in la la land that mm-hmm. i like i'm like ah oh, yeah whatever she was so sweet like yeah. So sometimes when I go to a Persian household, I get extra nervous that I need to be like on my best A game and like mm-hmm. make sure I'm saying thank you for everything. Every like thank you for the air that I'm breathing right now. Like I appreciate <laughs> it so much. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm so sorry Should I'm I... breathing your air. <laughs> like wow. please let me apologize yeah. twelve times. Yeah. Um, that actually reminds me of like one tradition that I really want to get rid of is like this burden mentality that we mm-hmm. have of like I'm being a burden I'm being a burden I'm being a burden yeah. even in our language it's like like I'm sorry if I hurt your hand yeah like, that's the literal <laughs> translation you know what I mean for like taking care of me like there's such a burden mentality and when that happens it's like your subconscious is listening to you as you're speaking this way and relating to yourself this way and just taking it in like oh shit like you're a burden so then you don't say what you want in your relationships with your friends you don't say Mm -hmm. what you want in your relationships with your parents you don't say what you want in your relationship with like your partner and then that's i think why we have like such a weird epidemic right now in in, like dating or marriage too of like oh and then all of a sudden it's like well actually here's all the things that i want and that i need and your partner is shocked yeah you know because you you can't it's almost shameful to complain like i look at my grandmother like like god like i don't know like how she does it but she's 92 and like god bless her she never asks help for anything and it's like you're 92 you're allowed to ask for help it's not Mm -hmm. shameful but to her it's literally shameful if Mm -hmm. i try to help her get up from the couch she's like no no don't touch me i got this on my own like mama june you're 92 years old let me just help you off the couch she's like no no no, i can do everything myself like it's almost like they feel like they should be ashamed to ask for help for certain things and i just don't understand where this like it's this immense pride mentality well also like khajalat mm-hmm. it's like Major burdenment khajalat. and like yeah. khajalat i think they're intertwined yeah, for sure it's like shame it's it's like um it's just a burden i think it's like being feeling like a burden like i don't want to cause problems for anybody else but then it comes out it leaks out because we all have needs we all have things that we need and if we're not acknowledging them they show up in different ways they show up in our health they show up in like passive aggressiveness mm-hmm. because you can't actually say what you want so you'll be passive aggressive about it right instead and then the other person is kind of expected to know what you want and when they don't then you're disappointed rude. and then you get angry and then yeah. you lash out at somebody else without meaning to lash out at somebody else so it's like it's still showing up it just shows up differently you know and i, I hate that it's yeah. like why well, can't we just say what we want and that's like sorry to interrupt you but like this is so so common in the persian community Mm -hmm. i think i really feel like yeah we don't communicate and it shows up in our health i know so many people who just have like unexplained illnesses including myself and like i'm just coming to terms with it now after like 24 years of life that like a lot of my symptoms are purely from stress Mm -hmm. 
and it's just like all of this stuff that's deep rooted and it shows in different ways like I if I'll have like vertigo or like a rash like just like really weird stuff and like the doctor like you're fine <laughs> do you know what I mean and like I have stomach problems like my mom has had stomach problems her mm-hmm. whole life and like seeing a million doctors and there's just like I think it really just has to do with like an entire lifetime of just like repressed emotions mm-hmm. and if yeah I think like we'd all be a lot healthier if we just like stop the khijalatness and like just be yeah and there's a lot of open. barriers to it like I'm 30 I'm pretty woke I would like to say <laughs> and like pretty self-aware and I've had a burden mentality my whole life and it's like I've worked on it a lot and thank god I have parents who are like yes we want you to like be empowered so tell us you know but then there are times also where it still pops up yeah it's one thing to say but it's also one thing to practice it yeah because you feel guilt right if Mm -hmm. you if you say what you actually want it's like or you feel like you're gonna it's like reputation management of like oh i don't want them to think i'm being selfish or rude or you know self-centered or anything like that so you don't say anything Um, or you don't want to deal with like the confrontation or the backlash of like if I say what I want and they shame me for it Mm -hmm. or they give me a hard time about it there's so many reasons why we don't do it and so you have to like move through the barriers also I think this is where I had um, a lot of issues like growing up because I came from two completely different backgrounds I came from Persian background which was very like secretive and not confrontational and very passive aggressive and then Israeli background that's mm-hmm. extremely confrontational definitely not passive aggressive at all just aggressive just <laughs> literally just aggressive so I, gr- I grew up in one household that like my like more my dad's side that was like mm-hmm. very passive aggressive comments no confrontation no hanging your dirty laundry in public and then my israeli side that was like they'll shit on you to your face but out of love and like with my mom like we got through all of our issues within two minutes there, there was never a, a fight that lasted more mm-hmm. than five minutes because like everything was just yelled out right there on the spot we, right. ne- we always said what we thought yeah so it was just v- two very different backgrounds Um, But it allowed me to like realize what works for me and what I like and what I don't like and what I Mm. seek in a partner. Because personally, what I seek in a partner, especially because, like I said, I'm so in La La Land that I don't read passive aggressiveness. And like I like one of my friends one time was giving me a cold shoulder for a week because she was uh, mad. And I called her up and I'm like, hey, you've been so busy this week. What's up? And she's like, yeah, because I've been mad at you. I'm like, I didn't even notice. That's so funny. If someone's angry with me, they need to tell me to my face because I'm so bad at reading signals and passive aggressiveness. I you think haven't had to because like, of my relationship right. with my mom and my mom's side of the family they just never had to everything was just laid out there i'm mm-hmm. literally the opposite like because my household is different so i anytime someone says something i don't think they just mean that one thing i think there's actually 10 different meanings to what they said and i go into like deep deep analysis like i'm doing a close reading in a lit class it's like insane <laughs> like, what i do Millie like i never the lines <laughs> to another level like yeah i'm like that too it's like very sensitive to other people. But sometimes you add wants. meaning that was never even there to begin with. Exactly. And it just causes more problems. No, my therapist the other day was like, Millie, you need to believe that sometimes when someone says something, they actually just mean it. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, And I'm what? the opposite of you. Yeah. I like, take everyone my mind so literally. Was <laughs> like, what? I, I, I take everyone so literally. I don't read between lines at all. But I realize that that's what I need in a partner if a relationship is going to work. I need someone that is just very straightforward with me. Yeah, I mean, I think, I hope we all want that. You know, that we all want a partner who's going to be 
like straightforward hopefully in like a loving and like healthy way of communicating yeah. but <laughs> and, and you know I but mean, yeah, like, sometimes with my family it's a little too straightforward um just like an example one time i had a neighbor that was pregnant but she still had like skinny arms and legs oh my and my mom's like you know who you look like right now and i'm like who do i look like she's like you look like kimia and i'm like i look nothing like kimia she's like no not your face your body you just look like a skinny pregnant person <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> what the fuck? thanks mom <laughs> i love you too she's oh like when's God. the last time i went to the gym i'm like i don't know she's like yeah i can tell but like (laughs) i've gotten to the point where i can take that type of criticism and just be like okay time to work out you know i don't get offended as easily i think because of the household yeah well your mom like loves you more than anything in the world yeah just for the listeners even my uncle that like i love him more than anything in the world one time my grandma during a holiday she was like next year you should come to this holiday with a full stomach me yeah. which she meant was being pregnant and my uncle so goes funny. well you already look like you're pregnant so it's okay <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> so like i think i'm i'm just so used to being in a household that's like not only like aggressive but like overly aggressive but i can take it and i think i do need a partner that can like be aggressive with me it's almost what i want at this point it's not something that but i like hate that scares all. a lot of people away i think Some there's people a can't difference handle that. well yeah for sure everyone's different there's yeah. a difference between different. like assertive and aggressive too right so like being assertive is like saying what you want being direct being aggressive is like being over the top almost a, like abrasive or hurtful yeah you know so i think that is my love language i think i found out what my love language <laughs> is. it's just like pain and insults <laughs> like, like if negging oh yeah, i spoke with my guy friend about this i realized my what my love language is it's negging, negging. yeah was negging is my love you, language yeah. i've officially figured it out what's negging negging i i originally didn't know what this term was either but my guy friend told me like i was telling him about a guy that was picking on me like this guy that i was seeing for a little bit and my guy friend goes, yeah, Natalie, you love that. You love when guys neg you. And I'm like, what the fuck is negging? And he's like, it's like where you pick on someone to flirt with them. Mm. I'm like, wow, that is my love language. I love that. Like teasing. Yeah, I love to be teased. And I think it has to do with how I grew up a little bit. It's like it's playfulness almost, in a way. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, so like, I don't love, like, I don't like lovey-dovey talk. I don't like <laughs> constant compliments. Like, I love to be negged. It just like... Yeah, I think I figured it out. I, I don't think need to like take that, that test. That's like an early love language. I think we all like negging in the beginning, but like... It's not I even something know. with partners. No, for, for me personally... <laughs> Nicole's like, I don't like any of this shit you guys <laughs> <laughs> I, I No, think, yeah. I think playfulness is really important, for sure. Like, you got to be able to play with your partner. I whatever think it some Persians like. like master that, actually. Yeah, we're very good at it. But I, I don't like, like negging from the beginning, if that's the word for it. Like... So it's different. Yeah. It's different. Everyone's different. Um, so wait, did you say a guy, I think like 10 years ago, messaged me and was like, hey, dork, like we should get dinner. And I was like, ew, like, <laughs> doesn't, I'm not answering you. Like, I don't, I don't need that. Um, Does food <laughs> count? <laughs> food definitely counts. Oh, I definitely want to keep food. Yeah. Food's yeah, a great one. My yeah. mom made like a new type of gondi this Shabbat. Of instead of chickpea powder, it was chicken and mushed rice and cayenne pepper. It was oh, bomb. that actually sounds really yeah, good. It was sounds so really good. good. 
Yeah, they know how to work a kitchen. Yeah, that that's the thing. I need to learn how to cook before all the good cooks in my family um, <laughs> pass on. Okay. Yeah, God forbid. But God no, because really, like everyone tells me, like, listen, you have you're so lucky to have two grandmothers. Learn how to cook from them, and they just almost don't want to teach me. I don't know what it is about me. You have to force it upon them. Like I had to. F- I just told my mom, like. She kept saying, okay, just watch. And I was like, I'm not watching. I need to do it. Like, just, do you know what I mean? My grandma once taught me how to make an appetizer. I think that's like the (laughs) highest they think I can handle. Oh my God. I think it's like a sense of control and mastery in the kitchen that they like don't want to be replaced almost or like no this is my my, my other cousins like, don't get are into great my cooks zone. my other cousins but learned a lot it's just me and the family that like they look at me as almost a guy uh, I, I don't <laughs> think they see me as a, a woman i don't i don't think they see me as like marriage i think they'll be surprised if i ever get married Stop. <laughs> i swear <laughs> like not once in my life like i remember like during every holiday like I would just sit there and wait for my grandma to tell me to do something. She'd be like, Natalie, you just relax. And like all the other girls are doing things. And I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> You're the special I, one. I, I just literally hanging out with the guys. Um, Wait, sorry to like change the subject. Yeah. But this just made me think of something that like I think everyone in our age group we kind of get babied a lot more than our parents did. And I think, like, I hate to use the word privilege, but, like, literally, like, we grew up in, like, a more of a privileged space. Like, we didn't have to flee our own country. And, like, we mm-hmm. do have a little bit more of an identity, even though, like, the basis of this podcast is, like, are we American, are we Persian? But um, our parents and grandparents, like, they weren't as babied as much because they grew up in, like, tougher circumstances, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, and a lot of them had I to wonder, leave their own parents. Yeah. So, like, insane. I wonder how we're going to treat our children. Like, are they going to be next level babied? Or are we now just going to, like, finally resume normality? Like, where does it... Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I feel like my mom is always, like, she's so giving and selfless towards me. And I'm like, why are you doing this? And she's like... I can tell it's, like, because she felt like she didn't get that enough. And she's, like, trying to give it to me and, like, mm-hmm. make sure that I don't miss out on anything and, like, that I get everything that I want. And I'm just, like, well, honestly, enough. Thank you. So, but like, like, the pendulum feel, totally swung. I feel yeah. like it's going to be the opposite, though. Because in one of my history classes in college, um, every generation that we would go through, my teacher would point out to us how that generation reacted in an opposite way of their parents Mm -hmm. like after the flappers which completely got rid of corsets in the 1920s corsets came back because of um i think it was dior that brought back the corset no it wasn't no like the gloves and the cocktail carts and the politeness and they had like rule books on politeness because they were act they were reacting in the opposite way to their parents to the generation before and i feel like we might react oppositely so like we might not be our parents sho- sorry like quick fashion because i literally <laughs> was studying the fashion history right now um the shoulder pad that's like that's true also but shoulder pads corsets like these really strong suits were a reaction to world war ii because all the men went to war and women had to you know start taking jobs like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like take the position yeah of men's role and not like totally but like that was the thing it was like about empowering women and like that's how they saw it at the time i think my hope is not that the pendulum will swing the opposite way or that we will unconsciously like carry on what our parents did i think i just hope whatever people decide to do whether it's continuing how their parents did things or doing it completely different or most of us will fall somewhere in the middle 
Um, I just hope that people do it with like intention and consciousness Mm -hmm. and they're aware of what they're doing and why they're doing it instead of feeling like they have to or this is just what they know or it's a, you know, like a rebellious reaction to what was before them. I definitely think something girls in this generation that especially girls that go to hire listen to this podcast need to be very aware of is to stop raising doodletellas yeah it is mothers completely it is their doing raising their sons to be like that and we need to be very conscious of that i'm i don't want to raise another doodletella i don't want my son to think that he is almighty and that everyone should kiss his feet and whatnot yeah that's another term do you think there are girls like that too in our community yeah i actually i don't know if you just saw my most recent post (laughs) um but the (laughs) caption was i am the female doodle teller and then (laughs) i i bleeped out the word a little bit because millie and i were discussing that there's no nice way to say female genitalia in in the persian language because is considered a really bad word and millie was like i'm blushing just thinking of writing this <laughs> i can't um, it's like really the forbidden word but i literally made the caption like just call me costella oh my god stop <laughs> saying it you're literally pissing <laughs> stop um i don't watch um bachelor or bachelorette but apparently there was a recent like bachelorette that said my my pussy's platinum or something and like there are girls that are raised like that to think that they are a queen and that they, they deserve a king, but they don't actually act like a queen to attract mm. a king. You know what I mean? Like I they think, think that they deserve like, all of this, but like they don't act in a certain way to get it. There's a word I think already that exists for us, which is like the Persian princess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is like really just like. I thought you were about to say a word for vagina. Uh, <laughs> I do know another word, but Natalie said no one knows it. What it's, is it? It's not that no one knows. It, it's just less known. No, no. No, no. Like, <laughs> Sorry, I feel so gross <laughs> saying that. My mom's gonna hate me. Don't listen to this episode. Um, no, Did but you know that word though. I think so. No-nos. Yeah, I don't know. I've never used it. It's kind of weird. I'm like cringing. It's, it's as I'm <laughs> really cringing right now. But yeah, I don't know. Leave us some comments, guys. Do you know another word? That's not the K one. Kos is actually also Arabic, because like in Hebrew, kosemic. It's like an Arabic um, curse. It's like your mom's vagina. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, in Hebrew, they use a lot of Arabic slang for, yeah. like, cursing yeah. and whatnot. Um, side note. And, like, kos is cup also. <laughs> well, ko- no, kos is Hebrew for cup. No, yeah, I'm talking yeah. about Arabic, No, though. no, no, I know I'm saying yeah. Yeah, Hebrew. Yeah, so kos is That's literally, like, the Hebrew. only word in Hebrew right now. <laughs> um, yeah, but I definitely, I definitely think that's a lot of guys' reactions to me when I say I'm Persian. Like, they're, I could see it in their eyes almost that they're like, oh, she thinks she's a princess and she's going to want me to buy her mm-hmm. a three-story townhouse in the Upper East Side mm-hmm. and she's going to want me to pay for me. every dinner. Okay. And, like, yeah. and I just hate that guys automatically, like, look at me that way as soon as I say I'm Persian. They're just like, oh, she's entitled and spoiled. Mm-hmm. And I'm just yeah. like, you don't know me. Not to say that I'm not at least a little bit spoiled i am an only child after all um <laughs> but but yeah i definitely see like persian princess as i've never seen a guy react nicely to a girl saying she's persian really they always they always get this awkwardness of oh you're she's entitled like oh like she expects too much really yeah i don't what? get that you guys don't feel that way no i've gotten that before but like recently i feel like i meet guys who are like they they think it's like 
I don't know. They're like, oh, she's Persian. I don't know. Yeah, they think it's, it's like, like a cool pickup line. Hot, like, ooh, yeah. Persian girl. Are these Persian guys? No. What are they? I don't know. I Non-Persian know. guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I can't even remember the last time I had an interaction like that. But I just yeah. like, I don't know. But I think mm. the stereotype does exist for Persian girls too. It's like Persian princess or Dudultala and like, um, it for Persian princess it does look like this idea of like oh like I need you to take care of me and I need you to you know financially be the breadwinner and I need you to you know do all the things mm-hmm. and I think what gets lost is like I think it's I think to each their own if that's the dynamic that they want it's like almost like a daddy daughter dynamic in a partnership yeah, of like Freudian. yeah well yeah but <laughs> honestly I think. It's like your husband becomes your protector. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like if you're if they're protecting you, then the vulnerability is lost. Right. They never the guard never comes down if they're supposed to be your protector. So there's a lot of like in that type of dynamic. I think sometimes vulnerability is lost and connection is lost because if he's always has to act like everything's under control and everything's great, then you're never going to see him going through a hard time or going through like a moment where he needs to turn to you and talk to you about something that's hard and that works for some people some people do want yeah, that yeah totally some people are okay with my the mind guy. is blown right now so <laughs> what <laughs> i just never thought of it that way yeah it's like sad and it's like so yeah there are great things about that because some men want to be in that like more machismo role and, and some, some women want to be in that want some girls to be taken care of taken care person. of and are okay with being told what to do and how yeah. to dress and how to act and how to who to associate with yeah and the guys say like listen i'm supporting your life so you do what i say yeah some people are okay with that and there's all the power to you this is not something everybody wants and i think the different version of that is like a partnership of like both partners are kind of either working or supporting the household Mm -hmm. but they're also and you know they feel like and that might be hard to like for the guy sometimes to like accept that from the woman and it's hard for the woman sometimes because maybe that's not the role that they wanted but or maybe it is, but it's like uncomfortable to to have like the stress of like contributing to the household, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's also the potential, I think, for more connection, right? And like more understanding of each other because you're both kind of going through the same thing together. And there's more room for like that vulnerability of like, oh, I had a hard day today and like like this is what's happening and what do you think about it? You know? Yeah. Then that's like also authenticity. Yeah, exactly. So each dynamic has its like benefits and its trade-offs for mm-hmm. sure. But I think most of us will end up somewhere in the middle of both. Um, and that's okay. Like we can pick and choose what we want. Yeah. Um, I definitely think it gives the woman like more opportunity to be open in a relationship if she's not completely dependent on mm-hmm. the guy. Because I know a lot of women that, first of all, like never saw divorce as an option, never saw mm-hmm. talking about how they feel in the relationship as an option because they weren't contributing much to the relationship. Yeah, they're so like, like, how dare I say something? Because like, but I they are contributing. They are contributing so much. You know what I mean? Even if it is like a traditional relationship, like yeah, sure, maybe your husband like makes the money but you're taking care of the household you're taking care of the kids you're making sure that everything is 
on you know at home going smoothly but do you think like all men value that like a lot of men don't really like they don't give women not at all and it really pisses me off yeah like it's come up a couple times they think it's a joke like what yeah yeah. and i'm like yo we need to talk like (laughs) this is a really important valuable role you know so don't say that it's don't make it small and yeah it's really like women need to own that like that's if that's their role it's like it should be very much valued and important yeah so i feel like a lot of men if they were in that position they would like have a britney moment like shave their head like run away (laughs) like scream like what what am i doing (laughs) children are insane yeah yeah but both roles are very important yeah i don't i honestly i don't know how some people do it i can't imagine i can't imagine number one having most of my day consist of little humans who don't speak proper english (laughs) and just shit themselves and expect me to like clean it up like that that's a lot to handle like all the like all those moms out there who have three four plus kids i'm just like wow I, I look at my cousin and I just don't know how she does it. And she like my cousin does it with like no nanny, no help. And like her husband is doing like residency right now and is almost never home. And I'm just like, how yeah, do you do it? Like they deserve so much more credit than they get. Yeah. They really it's, do. A, it's above a full time job. It's a 24 hour around yeah, the clock it is position for the rest of your life, whether you like it or not. You know, and you don't get to choose the hours. The baby chooses the hour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, oh, it's 4 a.m. You want to stay up and cry? OK, I guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Speaking of babies, I have a lot of family members that like have had gave birth recently. Um, And I feel like towards the end of the summer, I was around a lot of babies. And like not only you were saying this, but, like at, in the Persian community at parties, like the center of the party is like around the new baby but like at other like in other cultures at, at the party it's like no like let's the babies the baby are put nap, into a like, separate like, room with like a, know, nanny. a nanny or something but in persian community it's like oh my god that's it that's it like oh a baby, mm. baby and it's like baby. <laughs> i'm sorry like i'm gonna love my own kid but like i don't really like infants i i think a lot of people actually don't like in- well i i don't know maybe. i i'm different but it's like i just love babies and but children in I just I feel like there's this pressure if you're a woman like you have to like mm-hmm. show this like huge excitement for a baby when you see one and if you're not then people are like mm-hmm. like that's uh-huh. a big, uh-huh. wait we were talking about this off <laughs> the record <laughs> yeah. we were talking about this off the record like older Persian woman that when you when you say either what your job is if it's not like a PA or another typical Persian girl job or if you're not no married yet or if you haven't had kids yet they're like uh-huh uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. like it's like ow like you just slapped me in the fucking face i'm going out tonight oh bucky oh the iranian oh as soon as she has no i'm going Ashley? out with some, some white girls uh, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> oh you're, go- you're going on date oh is he persian his name is berad uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's basically like okay you can go get hit by a car now like <laughs> like go throw dirt, dirt on your head like but yeah anyway. yeah that uh-huh like hurts real bad yeah well that's <laughs> like the it's like part of kolofts right like these weird do you guys know that term koloft yeah do, have you heard of um 
I heard kinda, of like puskolov. No, no, koloft is like when you give someone like a, like a you know like a backhanded comment. Mm. Okay. Like, oh yeah, like you look very much like no, not like not like that. <laughs> no, I don't no, know. How about that woman I told you about at a holiday dinner? That's like. <gasps> You you lost so much weight. I didn't recognize you. I was like, how fat was that, I? Yeah, so that's a koloft. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but it's like... Like a backhanded compliment. Yeah. That was a major No, no, not even shit. a compliment. It could just be like a... Like a smack in the face. Yeah, like a comment. Yeah. Like, you know, usually your in-laws give you koloft. Yeah, like basically this woman said I look so good that she didn't <laughs> I recognize don't have me. <laughs> like, like, how can I look so good that you didn't recognize me? Like, what did I look like before? Like, I looked like I crawled out from under a bridge or something. Like, you look so good I didn't recognize you. Like, wow. Well, that's interesting. You're saying like all these comments, people either are telling you that you look pregnant or you lost so much weight. It's like, there's really, I feel like no one is ever like... Because I saw someone recently, too, they're like, wow, you've gotten so skinny since I last saw you when you were 15. And I was like, um, no, when I was 15, I was literally like 89 pounds. I'm like, yeah. actually, now I like I've gained weight, like in a good way. That's but weird. I don't know, maybe it's like a thing to say. Like we always like are like, oh, like you got so tall or like, oh, you lost weight or like people just weight. always tell me I lose weight in the summer because getting tan just makes me look skinnier. <laughs> so it's just like expi- I always like I'm like, yeah, I didn't lose any weight. I just got tan. That's so funny. It's true. Yeah. Life hack. Yeah. <laughs> Life hack. Don't, don't diet. Just go sit in the sun. <laughs> like, it's so much easier. Oh, my God. Um, I think when you guys ask me, like, what are some traditions that you want to keep? There's so many. Like, I don't know. I love having, like, Shabbat dinner with my family. Yeah. Like, I don't want that to end. Same. I love the hospitality aspect um even though i know it's sometimes like a lot of pressure but i do appreciate that like there's so much food like when you come to someone's house and mm-hmm. so much like pazirai and like showing that like you care you know i think that like consideration just like the level of consideration is very sweet um so there's so many wonderful things about our culture i think um yeah our parties are like intense but they're kind of fun at the same time yeah. so Oh, like, Middle Eastern parties in general are just so much more, like, fun. <laughs> um, I, I, I get shat on a lot for saying this so much, but it's just true. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Once you go Persian, there's no other version. No, like, exactly. <laughs> no, but, like, I know so many people are not Persian, and they'll go to a Persian party, and they're like, I like other parties aren't fun anymore. Other yeah, parties are totally. just glammed up funerals. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. And you think I said something for <laughs> stuff? <laughs> I was I mean, being every, playful. I think our listeners just expected of me by now. Which <laughs> is my part of the podcast. I'm just here to throw in <laughs> random rude weird comments. <laughs> Millie's the polite one. Am I? I don't know. No. <laughs> Millie's like the more sarcastic one, I would say. Oh, wait, this is interesting. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I want to hear so. what people what is, so you think I'm the sarcastic one. Yeah, I think so. your humor is like more sarcastic. Like you don't see it coming and then boom, she like hits you with it. She like <laughs> looks like she has more of like a softer tone. She looks but more then, like, She comes in with the koloft. Yeah, I come in with the I come in hard with kolofts. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And Natalie's just like bubbly and like up and like you can it's like they're and bubbly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course it stop. And no. smiley and all the things. You're monotone. <laughs> <laughs> like I think it's obvious I'm the deadpan one. Like <laughs> No, but you guys compliment each other very well. 
Like whenever we start our episodes, Natalie like is like, "Did someone die? Like, why are you talking?" <laughs> She's like, "Are you excited we're doing this?" I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm so excited! You didn't know?" <laughs> or like, <laughs> even less enthusiastic. Like, <laughs> I so feel like good. when someone proposes to me, like I'm just gonna be like, "Oh, cool!" Like, <laughs> sure, I'm down. <laughs> like under the chuppah, you're gonna be like, "Yeah, I do." Yeah, yes. I do. <laughs> yeah. it's great (laughs) so i wanted to conclude with um putting like our favorite expression in persian at the moment (laughs) i don't know if you guys have one but um one of mine is right now i heard my mom say it and it's like i don't know if you've heard this word what's i actually don't know how to define it but i'll say it in a sentence and then maybe we can (laughs) <laughs> yeah, maybe I feel like that's so much of my knowledge of Farsi like I don't really know the exact definitions I just know it in context but it's like um, to like go on the 6th train at 5pm okay because it's packed and like full of, it's like I like host is that the like, same thing as host I was gonna say that. it's yeah. like but it's next level it's like really really exaggerated like <laughs> is like I cannot bring myself to do such a like okay mm-hmm like for the past six months, to go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally well, been since May. Unless you, so you have like a really serious like disdain and disgust for the gym. Uh, that's what <laughs> <laughs> it's like completely I, I against guess the core that. of my being. Like yeah, like I can't do like it. I, yeah, it's like nauseating. Yeah, it's energy. <laughs> host is like energy. Yeah, yeah, like, no host. Like, oh, yeah, like, you know. This is like, like, I keep making hand gestures. You guys can't see this. I'm making like this weird body (laughs) hand gesture (laughs) to define this word. Like, it's like, um, yeah. yeah. I I guess I have no rechvat for the gym. I guess I, I caught you guys off guard with the expression thing. Yeah, I don't no, know. I'm learning so much. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I have nothing. I feel like I have so much to learn in regards to um, Persian expressions. And Millie teaches me a lot because her mom teaches her so many things that aren't used on a regular basis. And I just like love She gets mad whenever I, she's like, don't tell people you heard this from me. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> she's like, <laughs> like, when I was young, I would always repeat words. And like other young Persian girls were like, what does that mean? And I'm like, oh, well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Just heard it somewhere random. <laughs> but yeah, I think my favorite Persian saying right now is "bah bah." Like, <laughs> I see like a friend, or like if I see like this guy that I'm dating, if he like walks up to me, I'm like "bah bah." <laughs> oh my god! Like, oh fuck! <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's like yeah, it's such a small word, but it has such a like heavy. <laughs> like i don't know there's just so much it's to not it. even a word it's, it's like, like a, yeah it's, it's not like a, a word sound <laughs> it's like, like uh-huh. uh-huh like it's the same uh-huh. thing <laughs> well thank you so much nicole for yeah. coming yeah on. thank you for coming my on my pleasure so thank you for you. having me yeah my pleasure that's that's so meta you were such a burden nicole oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> can i tell people how to find me 
Or oh, of course. Guys... Yes, please plug yourself. Okay, 100%. so yeah, you guys can find us at chayacommunity.com. So C-H-A-Y-A community.com. And we also have an Instagram handle at chaya underscore community. You can follow us and hear about all of our upcoming events. And um, we have like different meaningful questions that we post to get the conversation going, not just at our events, but also outside of them. So, yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you for having us. And oh, thank you for having us. We had I can't handle you. <laughs> There's too many thank yous <laughs> happening right now. Um, it's going to be like... It's like the Persian vibes of like, thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. Yeah, thank like you. we're <laughs> the opposite of an Irish exit where you leave a party without saying bye to anyone is yeah. a Persian exit where That's you say so bye true. to everyone four times. That's so amazing. Yeah. Um, so th- <laughs> this is our Persian exit of episode one, season two. Thank you guys for listening. That's it. That's it. To all the listeners yeah, who, who <laughs> made the effort to push the play button. You have to make it more formal, <laughs> not that's it. That's a shoma <laughs> oh my god okay we're done bye guys we love you <laughs>